welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Vicky. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 15 of season three of This Osteopathic Life. Today, we're talking about commencement. And this has significant context in my own life, particularly over this past week. So my children are completing grades eight, five, and one. Eighth grade, fifth grade, and first grade have just wrapped for us in this past week. And like for everyone all around the world, it's been a different school year. Changing circumstances, uncertainties around how things will continue. And our year began with even a bit more tumult. So as I've shared with you, I spend my time between Michigan and Oregon, and we have for the better part of the past five to six years. And we were attempting a school year in Oregon and summer in Michigan combo and managed that for a portion of a year. And then the pandemic hit and we returned early back in 2020. And then we attempted to return for the school year in the fall, even with pandemic situations. You know, we were practicing quarantine here at home, making the concerted effort to take the isolated trip across the country back. And on arrival, within 48 hours, the Almeida fire struck the Southern Oregon Rogue Valley, and it seemed untenable. It seemed irresponsible to stay when we were utilizing housing in a space where so many houses had been destroyed and we had a home back in Michigan. There was uncertainty around resources in safety and security. And at that point, our housing was not yet determined, having had acquired two puppies in the process. And we had our trailer still packed. And so we made the return trip back to Michigan after perhaps two weeks there for my family and I flew out in for one week. And actually, if we recall, looking back in that time, broadcast from the back of the gym um, episodes there. And so we returned and continued with remote schools. That was one of the benefits was that school was remote so we could still participate with our Oregon school. But it became clear that that wasn't as effective of an option. And I want to state that I recognize that degree of privilege inherent in being able to select an in-person school in this time. And we had approached a school here in 2018 when we were in Michigan, and they didn't have space. So the classes in which our children would be placed were full at the time. And so we kind of let it go. But the seed had been planted of the potential of this school, you know, its location being in the woods and on a lake and focused on experiential learning, it seemed like a good fit. And it just so happened that when we arrived, 
I contacted the school, and once again, there was limited space for my oldest son, but there was availability for my middle son and my daughter, and we decided to proceed. They were in person. The way the campus was designed was actually unintentionally, but incidentally, uh, matched well to COVID, and they were able to maintain cohorts and meet the state requirements, and so we began. We commenced our journey at this school, and all went really well. It was a good match with the teachers and small class sizes, interestingly, both right around the 11-person mark, and they were able to stay in school. We were fully prepared, as with the rest of the world, for closures and intermediaries, solutions, but they were able to stay in person the whole time, and it was a great thing, especially for my middle son, truly benefited from being in person, developing relationships with new peers, and lots of new experiences, skiing. And we talked about how that was both a blessing and a challenge this year, but still something that's been a highlight of the year for all of my children, even with injuries included. And so it was that they were able to make some space for my oldest son, and he was willing to give it a go. He was really committed to completing his eighth grade year with his school in Oregon, but was also seeing the engagement of my younger two children and was able to meet some of um, the families you know, on that outdoor space and skiing. And so there was space made for him to attend the school. And just seeing the shift for him and coming into this environment, and it just so happens that he composed an original song to sing at the graduation ceremony. And he's been musical and artistic, but really this year came into playing guitar and singing and songwriting particularly. And the tradition in his school in Oregon is to have a graduation speech. And since he started at that school in third grade, he has been really preparing for this speech. He had seen his own buddy give the speech when he was a third grader and his buddy was an eighth grader and felt very compelled to give a riveting iteration but when the opportunity arose in his current school, he decided to take advantage of the opportunity to get, deliver either a speech or a piece of arts, poetry, or a song. And he chose to play this song he had written. And it shared the experience of his journey through school and coming into his own and sense of belonging. And it was really beautiful to watch you know, your child up on stage, being vulnerable and committing to this adventure of writing and performing live and live streamed. And what a gift of the remote timing that our family who couldn't be present physically in this space was able to tune in to the ceremony. So again, these benefits of the time. But as I sat in the audience and there were 11 students on stage, look at that, all the lovely numbers coming together. And they all delivered their iterations of their commencement moment. I thought about it, and it was the final moment in so many ways. A teacher was retiring. Many students were marking the capstone of a dozen years on this campus. And graduation can very much have this sense of finishing and completion. Those are components to it, literally getting your credits done and you know, taking that tassel and moving it to demonstrate that you have completed something. Noticing the 
end of those different moments. And just earlier in that same day, my fifth grader had a ceremony for graduation of fifth grade, ending elementary school, moving on to middle school and celebrating that. And what I love about the concept of commencement and all credit to the origins of the concept and that thoughtfulness about it was that in this completion, in this finishing, it was very much the new beginning. It's celebrating, right? This full academic person. And if we think about the spaces in our lives where we graduate and where commencement happens, how can we stand in that space of finishing and launching all at once? What is it like to have come through and taken up the task, completed all the requirements, rounded out? And we've talked about this visual of completing the circle, right? And the infinity of energy, of connection that is created in that space. And there's this idea of closure. And we've talked also about the act of creating a circle, right? And a circle can be complete. It can be inclusive. It can also create exclusion. And the idea of, is it better to stand in an open circle, in a U, if you will, so that there's space for others to join in? But if we allow ourselves to be in that space of completing the circle and having that closure and noticing that energy that is created and that it can move around, it can be continuous, you've created this circuit. And what is it like in that act of graduation, looking at it from the completion standpoint, reflecting back upon the acts of learning to read and write and early operations in math and understanding the contextual behaviors in the classroom, engaging socially. And it's fascinating to be able to have this uh, stratification of experiences all at once, first grade and fifth grade and eighth grade simultaneously and seeing the early stage development where it really is based on social cues in the classroom and how to engage and what that means and that those shift and evolve, but also carry through. And they do have to be relearned in different ways as our brain is developing differently, as our hormones come into play, as the social needs and awareness come through at different ages. Seeing how those original threads move through the experience of that elementary into middle school years. And seeing what it means to honor all that you've done. Thinking about perhaps test scores and big reports and projects and events. That final week of school is also marked by a number of activities. We had kind of school performances in the arts. We had jump roping. We had final track meets for those in sporting events. We had the culmination of research projects and presentations. We had a magic show. All of these different ways of demonstrating having taken up learning, taking up those tasks, and being able to put it together in a product, a project, a presentation, a performance, all those different ways that are evidence of graduating from learner to doer, and ultimately to teacher, and seeing that as it passes through, seeing that mentorship relationship in the grades within the school. Noticing also particularly when you move between those levels. And we see that a lot in medicine, right? Medicine is constant transitions, graduations, commencements, new levels of training. And going from being the senior 
right? So being the fifth grader and the oldest child in the elementary space to then being the sixth grader, which is a year higher, a year farther along, and yet you now become the youngest child of the middle school experience. And so while you've graduated, you're most certainly beginning something new in that space. And then taking that eighth grade experience, particularly in the schools where it is K or pre-K through eighth grade, and going from the matriculation and the expansion and that elevation through the hierarchical structure to now very much being the novel, novice student on campus in the high school space and how that might feel and how you can embrace and take with you all of the strengths, all of the experience, all of that sense of elevation and allow it to buoy you into that space where you might feel like you are lower on the measurement of success and experience in the school and how can it carry you through, serve as this foundation from which you begin again. And thinking about the commencement version. And so while there were stories told, and that will look at the past experience and really the finalizing moments of it, they're also the forward looking and thinking of all the emotions that go with it. Eagerness, trepidation, anxiety and nervousness, excitement and enthusiasm, all these different feelings that come with having finished something, but mostly from looking forward to something that is relatively unknown. We can ask siblings and alumni, we can get advice from teachers, but the experience is very different for each person. And we do have the option. There are a number of different high schools. And so the space into which the person is moving looks different for each one. And the idea of what we're seeking, our expectations around that new beginning are widely varied. And some may not want to leave that nest of that safe space, of that familiarity, where others can't wait. I can't wait to move on. And not out of a disrespect or disregard, but out of the excitement and the expansion and the possibility that is there. And so thinking about what happens in that moment of taking on the new beginning. If you reflect on new beginnings you have experienced, and if we think about that in the general context, especially in the past year, the past 18 months now, there have been a lot of graduations There have been a lot of finishes. There have been a lot of closures. And there are certainly a lot of commencements. We are beginning many things again. We are beginning many things anew. And we are called to listen to our response, to notice our reactions, to recognize the feelings we have in these various situations and decide how it is that we want to show up in that space? And what energy do we want to bring with us? And to say that there is an opportunity to have a new vantage point. And while it can be hard to let go of all the past success, again, if we had this reputation, this experience, and this presence in a space, to know that we are leaving that behind in a way to step into a new space, it can feel like a loss. It can feel like, oh, 
I had just gotten to the point, right, where I was familiar and successful. I knew what I was doing. I was well-received. I was well-known. And now I'm going to step into this whole new space where nobody knows me. I haven't done anything. I had to prove myself again. And that can be really challenging, particularly in the adolescent space. And at the same time, it can be a terrific opportunity to be able to say, I get to decide who I am here. I get to have this clean slate in how I'm showing up. I can look at where I want to dedicate my energy and where I'm going to allocate my effort to academics, to athletics, to the arts, maybe a little bit of each, and decide what the proportions might be. I remember for me, it was an interesting experience finishing high school and I had been very active and very involved and successful in academics and athletics and arts and arrived in college with a whole lot of expectations based on the experience largely of my siblings who loved college, loved it. And I arrived and I was involved in all those same areas, but in different ways. And from an identity perspective, on the first day of rowing training, there were four Amy's on the team. And growing up, and my given name is Amelia, as you know me here, but growing up, I was called Amy or Amy Lou. And we were introducing ourselves and our coaches were thinking, oh, geez, you know, there's so many Amy's. And I said, well, my name's actually Amelia. That's my given name, so you can call me that. And from there on out, that was how I introduced myself. And they made no requirements of anyone who knew me historically as Amy. And actually, one of my high school classmates eventually came to my college and was even on the rowing team. So there was some um, intermixing of names there. But there was that shift. There was this commencement of an experience under a new, although original to me, name in that space. And I got to decide, right? Am I primarily in academics? Am I primarily in athletics? Am I primarily in arts? And that evolves. And some of that was challenging. I had a very comfortable space in the high school setting. I was known. I knew what my intentions were. And in college, there were some more unknowns. And it didn't quite match what I had envisioned based on the experience of my siblings. And it took me quite some time to get to the point for that to be okay, to recognize that the beginning of that experience was allowed to be different than it was for others. And it didn't mean it was better or worse. And that it was okay to appreciate one in a different way than I did with the other. And interestingly, I can still remember many of the details of my own high school graduation as I sit here, it was probably on this weekend because it's my dear friend's birthday. And this is when the finals are happening in sports in the state of Michigan. And I remember all of my classmates who were on the soccer team had to arrive with wet hair because they had been in the regional game and it was at my home church. I can remember all of these details. And I don't have any details around the commencement from college because I didn't attend it. And so the interesting part there for me was my final year of university. I went for three years and I spent the final year in England at our sister's school and I was still there. I was working and I was on the rowing team there and I was known as Amelia with no overlap of confusion of alternate names there. And I didn't come back, right? So the way the terms ran in the UK was you were actually still in classes when graduation was happening back in the US. And I didn't feel compelled. I didn't feel like I was missing anything. And I think there was some 
support because I knew I was headed toward medical school, so I would have another commencement to attend eventually, that I just was like, yeah, it's okay. I know that I did the work, I met the requirements, I graduated, and I'm here in this space with this final portion of the experience. But I also, looking at it now, wonder if it didn't necessarily feel like a completion in a lot of ways. It felt somewhat like a pause. It felt like a stopover on the way toward medical school. And I think about that and how perhaps I didn't allow it to be its own experience. And I have no regrets about it. Nothing I would change in that space around the decision to attend commencement or otherwise. And actually, interestingly, and I perhaps have shared this with you on the podcast, my commencement from medical school, I happened to be two days past my due date with my oldest son, who just had his eighth grade commencement here. And it was debatable whether I'd be able to go for obvious reasons, but we decided to take our chances being in a room full of doctors and make the two hour road trip. And I was able to participate in that. And that I very much appreciate being able to do. And I can take a moment, take a pause and think about last year, because it does appear that in general, at this point in time, most schools are able to participate in a commencement ceremony of some type. But I think about last year how much of that was omitted. And some got creative and were able to participate in different ways, be that virtually or in small groups. But how much commencement can mean to us in taking that moment to celebrate, to feel the finality, but also the initiation of something new, to recognize that in putting on the cap and the gown and walking to the pomp and circumstance and moving the tassel and hearing the speeches and accepting your diploma and shaking hands and walking across the stage and all of those components are absolutely celebrating the culmination of all the efforts that have gone before, but are so much more focused on what is to come. And thinking about that opportunity that might have been lost or shifted and just sending out a lot of grace to those graduates in the year 2020 and knowing that that experience can still exist. And in that absence of not having attended my own college graduation and knowing how differently it might have felt had I been more connected perhaps on campus or not headed toward another program where I could kind of console myself with this pending commencement and just allowing that to be and allowing that celebratory moment yourself And so one of those graduates was my lovely niece, and we did an online graduation. So I played on my cello, and we handed her virtually a diploma, and she had a fantastic photo shoot on her campus in caps and gowns, and just appreciating that capacity to honor what has happened in the way that's available in the moment and see the potential of what can come from that moment, what can happen when we commit ourselves to the experience of completion, of graduation, of commencement in launching ourselves forward. So let's look for a moment at graduation and other iterations of the root words, graduate, graduated, and automatically, right? Time spent in the science lab, I think about the graduated cylinder and seeing all the lines and looking at the measurements and recognizing that experience of graduating. And if we think about that cylinder 
from the elementary school experience and pouring liquid in each year and building up to the top when it then flows out. You've gained so much and then you're ready to outpour into the world around you. I also think about graduation in a color spectrum and thinking about all the shades. Let's take orange. I happened to yesterday be wearing an orange shirt and I was informed by my sister that it was wear orange June 4th through 6th honoring survivors of gun violence on National Gun Violence Awareness Day and wear orange weekend. And so it became multi-purpose and absolutely standing behind that and against ongoing gun violence and looking at ways we can make meaningful change. And I'll put the links to that in the comments. But if we think about all those different colors of orange on the spectrum, and if we go from whites, right, to just that tiny drop of orange, and we see that lovely creamsicle color as we enter these summer months, and we move into a deeper hue that might be the color of lovely orange fruit, and we come into a richer red orange part of the spectrum. And we think of all those flowers that are blossoming right now in the deepness of the color that's available. And then that most glowing ember of the fire or of the sun as it's meeting the horizon. And looking at that experience of graduation as change, right? So this color changing step-by-step, moment-by-moment, drop-by-drop as we move through and seeing that graduation is absolutely, yes, that completion, that circle becoming its infinite whole self and this movement forward and this broadening, deepening, rich shades coming through because of that experience. And recognizing as well the access that we have to that full spectrum of color at all times. So we can tune in to that lightest shade and we can tap in to that richest, deepest, most expressive component. And we are all aspects of that spectrum of color all at the same time. And we can forward face with whichever makes the most sense in that moment. So sometimes we stay in pastel energy. We might just be present in an observatory way. And there's so much power in that. Master noticer still remains, right? We were noticing last month in Live Inconceivable. And now we moved into creativity and both have a space on this color spectrum. But thinking about what pastel energy looks and feels like for you. And the thing about coming into that primary color space, where you are just so you, you are fully aware and present and being. And there is an element of playfulness about it and confidence, but even not necessarily an awareness of the confidence that you have. And I think about that in the first grade space. We think about primary colors and primary levels of education. And this confidence, as I talked with my daughter about math concepts, she would explain them to me very confidently, not always completely accurately, but seeing the way in which she was embracing what was coming forward and we could have a discussion. And then she would listen and reason. And if she accepted that to be helpful, she would then incorporate and represent the new concept with that same degree of primary, brilliant orange confidence. And then seeing that richness. And if you grew up with the different boxes of markers, right? And you had the regular, right? Those primary colors, and then you had the bold. 
and they would be this twist on it. And they were reflected actually in the denim colors of those late 80s, early 90s times where we moved into more deep teals and purples in that kind of rusted orange color coming through and seeing that in those upper elementary years and recognizing that deeper richness and that questioning that comes and that contribution. It was so remarkable to me and all of my children's teachers were fantastic and well-matched to each of them. It was really a gift in this year. But my middle son's teacher brilliantly aligned with interests and activities and all of it. And he was acknowledging each of the students in their commencement ceremony and noted multiple times that the students brought so much. He would introduce a concept and the student would bring this level of knowledge and even new information to him. And they were teaching and learning and gaining together. And how amazing, think about it. And I think about my fifth grade year and it was one of, no, I would say the most challenging year I had in all of my educational experience. To give gratitude and appreciation and honoring and power to these 10, 11, 12 year olds and say, you brought so much. You taught me in this space. Imagine taking that with you as you headed into middle school where you might very well believe I have nothing to give here. I'm smaller. I'm slower. I don't know what's going on. I don't have the same skills. These classes are harder. There's multiple teachers. All of these pieces come into play. But to go into that, having been assured that you have something to offer, that you have insight to give the teacher and strengths of character that are unique to you and taking that with you into that next space, what a gift. What a gift of the commencement experience. And then we continue on to that space where we begin to question, is it still orange? It's so dark now. And we can see other colors influencing. Maybe there is a hint of purple coming in and we can see that we've gone from white on the one end of the spectrum to black on the other. And there's more held in that deepest shade of orange. And that's that end of the middle school experience. And it can absolutely be a little murky, a little cloudy, because we've taken in all these years of knowledge and we've taken up certain levels of responsibility and we're incorporating these new feelings we're having socially and emotionally. And we've gone from being absolutely the all-powerful person on campus and knowing we're moving into this different space with a whole lot of questions and challenges that we are incurring and that we're posing on others. And yet, we can see this depth of what we have to offer, these resources that we have within, and that the angle of light and the other colors around us providing contrast and complement allow us to contribute our own true beauty in that space. And so we are in this season, and I love being able to see friends from all over share graduations from kindergarten, from preschool, from elementary school, from middle school, from high school, from college, from graduate school. And just thinking about that, all the energy, all the effort that has gone in and all that is accessible, available, awaiting these individuals, these communities who will benefit from the learning that has happened, from the experience that exists and from all that's going to unfold from that moment. What a beautiful time and what an amazing concept, commencement to celebrate the conclusion as a beginning, to see that this final moment is truly an invitation forward and that we can take all that we've done, 
all of who we are with us into that space. And while we leave behind certain parts of the identity and name, no longer the kindergartner or the elementary student or the middle schooler or the high schooler or the college student or the medical student, we may be each one of those as we move forward. But we are always ourselves and we can choose how we want to show up in that space. And we can absolutely celebrate all that we've done as we look forward with curiosity and wonder toward all that is to be. So thank you for taking the time. Please share with me that which you are celebrating, that from which you have graduated, that which is commencing for you, what commencement you've engaged in at This Osteopathic Life on Facebook or on Instagram. If you'd like to get on the Live Inconceivable email list, I'll put the link in the show notes for that. You can get daily inspiration. We've talked a lot about beginnings and revealing that inner beauty that is born of celebrating all that we've gained that we can graduate into and commence forward from. This is Dr. Millie Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.